Bluff City NL is an official partner of Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your donations to Bluff City NL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphones are your hosts, Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. We're back, Tej. Episode 26, back from the beach. The vacation was too fast. You're on week two of a father of two. Yeah. How tired are you right now? On a scale of one to dad is real tired. Where are you at? I'm going to settle at like a three or a four. Honestly, she's a great Wow. Sleeper. Yeah. Wow. S- about six hours, maybe. Sometimes what, is, uh, seven. what is great? What is great sleeper? Six or seven hour. What's her longest stretch we're talking? Ooh, probably a little over three. I think we've maybe, maybe I wow. have hit like five. My wife has been very sweet. I have probably gotten up to five, but typically I think about three hours is about where we're at now. That's not bad so. for uh, two weeks in. No, can't complain at all. She's a good sleeper. Those newborn stages, it's just survive in advance. My buddy, our buddy Jacob and I, that's all we talk. You just survive in advance in that stage. It feels like an eternity when you're in it, but in reality, it's really not that long, you know? Not that bad. So. Not that bad. Well, here's here's to uh, many more restful nights in your future, Tej. All right. If you guys tuned in last week, TJ and I teased. Uh, not te- I mean, we just said tune in for the beer. And we didn't really sound like we were too, too much looking forward to it. But I got to be honest, TJ, I'm in a little bit of a deserty mood tonight. I don't know what it, we had egg roll in a bowl for dinner. I don't know if you ever had that. And afterwards I was like, I want some chocolate. And so I don't, this is sounding pretty good right now. So show the, uh, the good folks at home, what we're uh, working with this Eve. Yeah, man. We got the, uh, the Memphis made Andy's mint. Andy's mint. Chocolate milk stout with mint. 5.4% alcohol. All right. I'm getting it. There's there's chocolate and there's a splash of mint in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Don't give it away. Spoilers. I'm just saying. It's on my nose. There was a heavy foam and that is a dark, I mean, as it should be, a chocolate milk stout. It's a dark brew. I think... Just right. changed the oil on my lawnmower earlier today, and it looked very similar to that. Yes. I mean, I I might have picked up the wrong can. Right now, like, I don't know. I can see the confusion. It definitely looks like it. Looks the part for sure. Gosh, I don't know how I feel about that. So stick in for the uh, full episode to find out what TJ and I rate this. I don't know if I'm in that deserty of a mood, but we'll see. Hmm. All right, Tej. Transfer portal, B-ball, it's officially closed. 
And you know what we had? We finally said God and well, yes, on our end, <laughs> but we finally got an answer from old Malco. Yeah. And he, he threw his name in the hat. He's yeah, portaling. I get it. Which I think was to be expected, right? Sure. sure. It just seemed like both parties were ready to kind of head in a different direction. Now, I will say, just because you put your name in the portal doesn't mean you can't come back. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying. Sure. There's always a possibility. So now, Tej, we are real thin at the five. For those of you at home who were anticipating Malco being the starting center, or maybe mm -hmm. he and Chandler combining, you're down big time with no light at the end of the tunnel, at least for right now. Yeah. I don't even know. It's so hard to talk because to like to, to formulate just something on it because it's so frustrating and yet so relieving at the same time. I think a lot of fans have kind of had their highs and lows with Malcolm, right? We, you know, if you watch Will's show, Will Coleman's show, he talks about how Malcolm used to just dog James Wiseman in practice. And then you've seen flashes of him in games where you're like, this dude's got it. Like he, he can be something. And it's just never consistent enough or he's not healthy enough. And it just seems like it has been a never ending story of what if with Malcolm. And I, I'm if. with you. I, I yep. think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's best for both parties just to split up and move on. I think that's a perfect definition of Malco's career is just what if, right? Yeah. Like I just, with injuries, I don't know that his heart and his head were always, we're always in the right spot, but you're right. There were flashes. Um, mm -hmm. He showed potential at times. I mean, there were times it felt like down low, he was a real force to be reckoned with. And then there were other times where my guy couldn't inbound the ball or wasn't grabbing a board or was shooting 30% from the free throw line. Um, but he's a good kid. I wish him nothing but the best, you know, appreciative of his time spent here. But I think it was it's best for both parties to kind of move on. Now, what that does, leaving the gap that we talked about at the five, I don't know what I don't know where you go, right? The one of the names that had been floating out there that we know we had reached out to, it came out was Musa, you know, but he's not coming home. Now you got Musa and Jamarian Sharp down there in Oxford, and that's a game I'm not looking forward to right now. Because I don't know that we'll score the basketball. At least not in the paint. You throw both of those boys out there. Towers, man. So, I don't know where we go. I think there were there were some reports we'd reached out to uh, Kansas Center uh, who had entered the portal, Ernest Uday. It looks like, I think he's on a visit to Duke right now. So, <laughs> Duke might be the team to beat. And uh, even where it sounds like our NIL is sitch, is sitting, I don't know that you're beating Duke for somebody. Yeah, the problem with him is that everybody wants him, right? The moment he hit the portal, everybody started calling. It's a long list of suitors. Yeah. It was always going to be an uphill battle on that one. I mean, I think looking at it right now, at least from a who's still available, he's probably the best available center right now that's in the portal right uh 
depending on what you're looking for, I could I could see the argument being made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On three's got him as the best available. Uh, Evan Maya's got him a five star, nineteenth overall in the transfer portal. So we'll see. We've reached out, but like I said, he's on a visit to I think it's Duke right now. So would be very impressive if you're able to beat the uh, Blue Devils. Sure, for him. Now, reports today have come out that we did reach out. I've been heavily involved with, and I hope that I'm saying this right, Seton Hall transfer Femi Odukali. Is that how you, Odukali? Odukali is probably what I would say, yeah. Um, he's a scoring point guard, I guess, ball handling scorer. So I'd play the one or two, maybe alongside Caleb there, but six six. Problem is, Tej, he's a two-time transfer already. Played two years at Pitt, played last year at Seton Hall. I mean, do you risk? We've talked about it before, but do you do you dabble in the two-time transfer area and risk dealing with another Demaria situation? Or even where I mean, haven't they I think they crank down even harder on two-time transfers, you know, going forward. So it's like and I don't think I could be wrong. I do not think that he is a grad transfer. He's listed as a junior. He's only played three. I guess he could have graduated in three years, but would need uh, confirmation on that. Yeah, it's definitely another situation where it took way too long to get a waiver the last time around. It's just not something I would rely on, right? I think the one thing that we have all stated last year with uh, with Mars is like, man, it would have been great to have him sooner. It would have been great to get him in there with the guys working out sooner, and you couldn't because you were still waiting on a waiver. Granted, that was a little bit different of a situation, right? I, I think that UIC was being a little bit difficult in that one as well. Yeah, It's the same argument, though. I don't think you want to get in a situation where you need a guy to have a waiver for him to be eligible, and then you end up burning that, you know, you have that scholarship taking up, essentially, and then the guy's not eligible. What do you do in that situation? Do you get a special uh, mid-year scholarship? that you can fill that spot. Like, how does that work? And at that point is it's just too late. Right. So it's just not worth the gamble. Yeah. And have confirmation. He is not graduating. So he would 100% need a waiver. Yeah. Um, would be, I mean, he's a, I think he was a serviceable point guard. Kadari Richards went down, Richmond went down for them. And he, I think he played point guard during that time, but he averaged seven and a half, four and a half and two and a half, basically. Uh, on the year, but was a pretty, I think he's very efficient defensively. So maybe that's part of what uh, Penny's looking at is a, a ball handler who can take care of the basketball, but then also just be a, be a dog on the defensive end. So we'll see how that develops. Um, again, don't know, you know, being a two-time transfer, if that's, you want to put a whole lot of eggs in that basket and go after that, but uh, we'll see where that ends up. Other than that, it's very quiet still. Um, you do have, what, 16 days left for anyone. And, TJ, we probably need to try to get some sort of list because I don't know off the top of my head how many of there are. But uh, those that were dabbling in the NBA waters uh, have until the 31st, I believe, to uh, to return to college. Now, I don't know 
I don't know exactly how the rules go or if they're any different. I mean, I don't know if they would have had to have entered the portal by the 11th as well, or if because they entered the draft, they're still eligible to enter the portal if they withdraw from the draft. I don't know exactly how that works. I would assume they would have had to have entered sure. and said, hey, right. I'm going to the draft but maintaining college eligibility by the 11th, but not exactly yeah, that, positive on that ruling. That's pretty much the only reason that ruling exists is saying, hey, I'm going to enter the draft, but I also want to be, or excuse me, I want to enter the transfer portal and go to the draft while maintaining my eligibility. It's like the whole reason that rule exists. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that because I know there are several guys who were testing waters, um, but we'll probably return to uh, to the college level. Um, but Tej, we got we still got some spots we need to fill, so we'll uh, oh, yeah. we'll keep waiting, we'll keep watching, and hopefully come. Uh, Shoot, I'd say before August, you got a full roster knockdown. Yeah. Can't be waiting too late. I mean, I even when he said it himself, he wanted to go into the summer with a a roster pretty much set. And I don't know if he meant school year calendar summer or if he meant true solar summer. Because if that's it, then you got till June 21st before the summer solstice. You got a little over a month, but we're talking academic year. Summer starts like right now. I mean, I'll say that that Penny's statement of I want a full team before the summer makes perfect sense because that also falls in line with when you have to withdraw from the draft. So in a scenario that he is looking at guys that have entered draft or enter the draft, waiting to get their feedback, hear back on things, and then the, if they don't go drafted, that, those are the kind of the guys that I think Penny is looking at. Right? I think we've gone this route of freshman, freshman, freshman. He doesn't love it, and then now we're kind of going back to adding some of those older guys. So in my opinion, I think that's probably who he's targeting more often uh, this offseason than, than just standard transfers or even relying on someone like Mikey to play big minutes. He wants those NBA-quality guys. All right, well, we'll have to... mature uh, guys. Well, not all NBA guys are mature. That one hits a little too close to home, I think. Oh, Ja, what are you doing? All right, Tej. Uh, former Tiger-related, Kendrick Davis has played his way into a draft he was not initially invited to the uh, nba draft combine but played in what was it i guess the g league uh combine i guess yeah like the g league kind of a g league combine um, tournament over the weekend g league um, elite g league elite camp i think is the technical yeah. name of it so played in a couple games out there uh, over the weekend. Ended up averaging, I think it was like 12 and a half and five and a half. Uh, 12 and a half points, five and a half assists in that uh, in those couple of games out there and played his way. I think what they take eight of the G League camp guys and, and extended invitations to the NBA combat. So KD out there maybe playing his way into the league. I, I mean, we said it was. It's possible he's a hooper. 
despite the size, despite the fragile fragility, uh, might end up finding himself as like a backup point guard on somebody's roster. A little Tyus yeah, I mean, Jones there, action. There, there are guys in the NBA that are small. There are guys in the NBA that are slight. There's even guys in the NBA that are both small and slight. So it, it, if your argument is he is too small, then that's kind of a dumb argument because we've seen small guys make it. If he's too slight, we've seen slight guys make it. So it's just, it's kind of a weak argument. And in terms of basketball, he's definitely talented, right? I think we have seen it uh, time and time again. One of the most talented. SMU here. It's just, it's wild. Like he, he's got the skill set. The problem is, is he going to be able to put it together? Um, can he defend, right? Is he going to be a pesky enough defender? Because obviously he's not going to be able to, you know, guard man on to, to some of the six, yeah. six guards that are out there. Sure. But to your point, I mean, you just, he's got to be able to stick them, right? He's got to be a in front of them. Yeah. Just be a gnat in their ear. If he can do that and score his way on offense, which is like hella taxing on the body. Cause that is a lot of energy out there. Then he can easily find a, a professional career. For sure. So wishing him uh, all the best and hopefully he, uh, Hopefully, come next year, we're watching, watching Katie suit up for somebody in the league. Yeah, man. All right, Tej. Any, uh, you think anything else basketball related? It's quiet. It is quiet, and that's here what... we are middle middle of May. It's quiet. Yeah, I mean, look, you could go through all the all the rumors that are out there. The the Tyron Lawrence. Um, are you still going to get Sanago? Right, you know we've heard them all, and none of them look good. And it's interesting. It's uh, it's surprising, honestly, because I think we have come to this this mindset that Penny has always found a way just to make things happen. Like just put it to the wayside. Just trust Penny; he'll figure it out, right? And that's kind of where I'm at. But also kind of getting a little tight because this uh, time frame is not looking good, my man. It's not looking good. So he's got something up his sleeve, though. I'm convinced. Let's hope. He's been pulling rabbits out of his hat before. Let's hope there's more rabbits in that hat. Mm. All right, Tej, let's move on to to football. A little transfer portal news in the football world as well. We had, I mean, at least for me, unexpected, but kicker. Georgia Southern uh, originally committed. I think he signed. He did sign, right, Alex Raynor? Oh, yeah. Uh, Never made it to campus. Was supposed to get here over the summer. But he has flipped to Kentucky. Big Blue Nation. Yeah. Is that another sign of uh, NIL struggles, Teach? We're losing kickers to SEC teams. How much does a kicker make uh, in NIL these days? I don't know. I think if you are, if if NIL was more of a thing, or maybe perhaps legal is the way I should word that, you know, probably within the last five years, Alabama would be paying top dollar for a kicker because how many times have we seen them struggle with a kicker? Have been booty. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine if they could fork out heavy cash and bring in a big time kicker. Not to say Rayner has just been incredible, but he's definitely been very – I'd say he's been pretty good. Yeah. And so Kentucky clearly has a need there. They they pulled in a guy they think they had a connection with, and they were able to flip Rayner over to uh, Big Blue Nation. 
So I guess it makes more sense when we saw Tristan Vandenberg commit a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. Seems like maybe the staff had a little bit of a inkling that something may uh maybe brewing over there. But um I don't I don't know where to feel on Vandenberg. Yeah, that's doesn't a very have fair a statement. ton of collegiate kicks. He made he was three of three on PATs two years ago. Yeah. No stats last year. O of one from on field goals from two years ago. He missed one between thirty and thirty nine yards. And then twenty twenty, he was two of six on field goals and twelve of thirteen on PAT. So I mean, he's kicked some, but what is that? A total of eight field goals over four years and a total of yeah nineteen PATs. I think. No. Yeah. 16 PATs. I mean, that's just not a lot of kicking. It's scary, honestly. You you have reps. Kicker. Yeah, you have one kicker on your on your roster, one real kicker who has uh attempted less than 10 field goals and that's seemingly who you're going to roll into fall with, you know, barring them bringing in someone else. I haven't heard they're reaching out to anyone else kicker-wise. Um they do have a guy for next year's class, so maybe Vandenberg is just going to be their hangover until he gets here, but I, we'll see. It, it just seems weird because we've seen kickers go down before and you not having a backup plan and how that's worked out for you. So I, I yeah. would be shocked if they stuck with one, but I just haven't heard anything else so far. Yeah, I just – I mean, kicking has been such an issue the last several years that I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried about where we're sitting right now. Sure. Felt good, decently good with mm-hmm. uh, Raynor there, but I guess we'll have to see. Just got to believe in my guy, Vandenberg. Uh, got a couple other transfers in, right? Got the commit from uh, QB from Marshall. Yeah. Um, Aid Cunningham. So- Cade Cunningham, I think he's red. He was a redshirt freshman. Is that right? So, I think initially, originally was recruited by Cram. So a little bit of a connection there. And I think TJ, you've talked about this. The staff, I think, wanted four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of another little insurance policy there. Heaven forbid something happens. Um, and then also picked up uh, a commitment from Colorado DB. Uh, remind me his name. Uh, it's another Tyron, Tyron Taylor. Tyron Taylor. Yeah. Who I believe is a safety. Is that correct? He plays both. Uh, he technically went to Colorado to play corner. They had some injuries his freshman year. So he kind of bounced around, mostly played nickel. Um, so he, he's flexible. He can play either uh, at 6'2. He's got good size. He is a little thin, but it hasn't seemingly stopped him in the Pac 12. So. Yeah, I mean, a taller guy. He played 21 games at Colorado, 11 last year and 10 the year before that. Um, 20 solo tackles last year, had a pick, three deflections. So, I mean, he's seen he's seen time, gotten snapped at the collegiate level, so not uh, not a bad thing. We're That's two from Colorado now. I mean, I know that they've had, a, what, 85 guys enter the portal, but um, – <laughs> 
we've gotten two with uh, Austin Smith and then uh, Tyron Taylor there. Yeah, Taylor's someone I would actually add a little depth to the secondary. No, I, I actually think he is someone that could see the field in the fall. I think he is more likely to see the to fee, see the field than uh, than Austin, Austin Smith would be. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not real high on uh, old Cowboy Smith, are you? I don't have anything against him. I, I just think that he is just you don't more like the 100 percent catch for a touchdown percentage. That it, that is impressive. And it's almost one of those things where <laughs> it's like it almost Will's, like <laughs> Will's 100% from three, which he said collegiately, which is not correct. Maybe in high school or maybe it was Juco. I don't know. Will, if you're listening, Probably you know, Juco. You are, we're going to need you to confirm that because at the university of Memphis, you were not 100% from three. He knows we can look that up. It's like, why well, even lie about it? Will I don't, I mean, you know, you know Will. Likes a lie. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But uh, added a couple of guys in the portal here recently. Um, so we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, would expect to maybe lose a couple more guys if we get into fall, just from a numbers perspective, probably. Uh, but all in all, added uh, at least a DB that, you know, TJ, you think could step in and have some sort of an impact and then obviously a, a sure. kicker that I think we've got no choice, but to have an impact. And then we'll see kind of how uh, Austin Smith fits in there at the tight end spot. Yeah. I, look, it's going to be interesting. It, it's always interesting heading into these, uh, the summers and the fall camps. Cause think things will always change, right? We could get, it can get real wild. Like uh, we could look up one day and rock Taylor hits the portal and, uh, someone else, Greg Rubin. I'm just making up names. Why? What head. are you it could just, I'm just saying it. That's how you're going to speak some works. of these things, and they listen to this show. They're going to think that you're telling them to hit the portal, or maybe they'll hit me up and say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm all in." Hashtag all in. Hashtag all in for AI. Um, we using that one still? What? Why not? I think Rodriguez Clark, my man. Drig, Drig Clark matter. came up with that. Doesn't matter. Four AI, forever all in, baby. Um, a couple of other fun things, TJ. It's May, and there's only one thing that May means collegiate football wise, and that is bowl projections. Tej. Oh wow. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Greg McMurphy came out today with the Action Network on his way. I think he calls it my never too early bowl projections. Do you see this? You read about this? Do you see? No, these? I have not heard of this. No, it, seemed, okay. it does seem way, way, way early. Um, I'll give you a guess as to who he has in uh, the G five slot for the New Year Six, which it's in Fia. It's the Fiesta Bowl as he has it playing Oregon. You got a guess? G5 slot? Um, I'll, I don't, this is not correct and it shouldn't be correct, but I'll just say they put Tulane back in there. He did. That is, you are 100% correct and it is 100% not happening. Yeah, you heard that here first, but he has Tulane repeating as the American champions, the G5 access. Uh, playing Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. 
not happening. No. Uh, he does have our tigs. You have a guess at what bowl he might have the tigs in? Fenway Bowl. I think that's what I said last year. It is the Fenway Bowl, TJ. Always the Fenway. You are two for two on that. I you're lying to me. You looked at. This I swear to God, you can come look at my. Yeah, you can come look at my search history. That's a little definitely I've never seen have it. to do all that now. Uh, Fenway Bowl. You want to guess who he's got us playing? If you get this right, I'm we're ending the podcast. That's a an AAC opponent. ACC. What? Are, oh, we are, sorry. We are ACC, the yeah. we are the AAC. Sorry, ACC. Um. Middle of the road, ACC, NC State. Ooh, I thought you were going to get it. Wake Forest. Just, okay. I don't want to play them anymore. The uh, I don't either. Gosh. <laughs> uh, the Action Network actually, ha- he ha- he's projected every bowl uh, so far. By the way, he said his final, uh, This I don't know why he would lie about this. And uh, it would be more impressive if it was his initial bowl projection list, but his final 2022 uh, bowl projections finished with a 95% accuracy rate. He got 78 of 82 teams in the, in the correct bowl, which does seem wow. very wild. Uh, but the Action Network actually has lines on every one of these bowl games he's projected so far. They got us as an eight-point favorite over hmm. the Demon D in Fenway. Well, they did lose their quarterback. He's at Notre Dame now, so that kind of makes a difference. For those of you don't know, TJ's a big Notre Dame guy. Love he loved Rudy, and they just fell in love with the Fighting Irish. Big Rudy fan. It's not even, not even how that happened. He was off sides. I mean, I could have gotten a sack too if I lined up and was off sides. Anyway. Uh, TJ, do we make the Fenway Bowl? You just told me the dude was ninety five percent accurate. To say On no, his very, real dumb. His last bowl projection of the year. I'm saying that's like you're in week fifteen. I know. He yeah, creates yeah. a bowl projection. Um, no, probably not. You think? You think we're worse than that? No, I need to go back and look at the 2022 bowl games. I could probably give you an estimate. That's not real good for uh, for podcast TV, you know. What I mean? No, it's okay. You uh, you don't think we make the Fenway? I could see the Fenway Bowl. I could see us being like a ten and two, losing a two lane in championship, making the Fenway Bowl. I could see it happening. The 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 Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, which is where UTS, you just UTSA made, went last year. You literally just made a bowl up. I wish I wish I did. I wish I had because that's a terrible bowl game. So, mm-hmm. well, we'll see. Uh, Brett with his never too early, which May fifteenth feels early, especially. I mean, not only to just project the bulls, but to have lines on them is wild to me. Hmm. But anyway, thought that that was interesting. So we'll we'll uh, we'll see where that's at, and then teach a other little bit of. Uh, News popped out today with, uh, I think it was CBS Sports, came out with their American Conference football coaches uh, rankings. Did you see this? Did you read about this? 
No, it was so he talked about it in the Discord for a brief second, and then all I saw was that Willie. I saw who number one was, and I was like, "Done. I'm not reading this anymore." I, I couldn't tell you anything outside who of number that. one was. I only saw what Ryan was. What? Who was number one? Willie Fritz. Oh my goodness! What is the whole thing just based off of last year's? Is that what yes. it is? A hundred. It has to be. Fight me. If you can find it some other way, I will fight you right here, right now. <sighs> I didn't realize that that's what it was. Anyway, um, so you only saw Willie. You didn't see, uh, yeah, it's ranking. One through 14 head coaches heading into the 2023 season. Um, 2023 season. So you got Willie. Do you have a gander of where you you think that Ryan's fallen on the list? I'll give you, he was seventh last year in the rankings. Is it rude if I say seven again? No, it's not going to be seven because you've lost some coaches. Fickle, Fickle, yeah, Fickle's out and um, Gus Buss is out. But I bet you did. They were both ahead. You did add a couple that weren't there previously that, yeah, I think people would definitely put above. Yeah, boy. I would say Fickle was likely one or two last year. Trailer is going to move in, and he'll be top three. I don't even remember who all we added. Like, who's all a coach-wise? Like, I don't know who's at so Charlotte. You added Jeff Trailer. You added Tom Herman. Uh, Herman will be up there. You added um, Kevin Wilson at Tulsa. Alex Golish. It's oh, a decent one for the Mike UT guy. Lundgren, Eric Morris. Um, Biff Pogge. Who? Ryan Newberry. Trent Dilfer. Where do you think Trent Biff? is on the list? He should be at the very bottom. He is. He's 14th out of 14. Yeah, like I don't care uh, that you come in with this elite eleven camp background and you may be able to pull a good quarterback. You've literally never coached, so there's nothing backing that you should be anything higher than what anyone else. About didn't he just have a powerhouse at Innsworth? Isn't that where he was? He's coached at the collegiate level. No, has he? No, but neither had Penny. He probably came in at at, at the bottom of the the barrel as well. All right, our boy is at sixth. He moves up one spot. The five in front, you got Mike Houston at ECU at number five, who jumps up from eighth last year. So he leapfrogged Ryan. Uh, Rhett Lashley, that work? who is at fourth, who leapfrogs Ryan as well. He was ninth last year. And then you got Tom Herman at FAU at three. Jeff Trailer UTSA, at two. We've already mentioned our boy... Willie Fritz at number one, who was fifth last year, which that also seems even going into last year seemed very high because they were dog. He was on his deathbed. Yeah. This, this dude went four and eight, five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, six and six, two and 10. And then gets a 12 and two year. And they're like, you know what? He's the, they had him ranked fifth after that two and 10 year. Now he's number one to me. All right. Do you think? Get the do you think? Thing. I know. Do you? So, do you think that Ryan being sixth is a fair rating? I mean, 
That's fair. I think that's probably fair. I, the only, my only argument is even if I were to move Willie Fritz off of one, I still would put him ahead of Ryan because Ryan really hasn't done anything, right? We, we've still been waiting on that growth. We've been waiting on getting over the hump, winning those games that you had on lock and then kind of just slip through your hands, right? I think if he would have done that last year, Houston specifically, um, if we'd won that's all the one these that one possession out. games, I think I saw it the other day. We'd lost like, like twelve. I can't remember off the top of my head how many we, however many conference games we've lost. It's been by an average of like two point three points or something. If all of those are the flip, is Ryan number one on this list? Probably. I think so too. I don't know. Tom, I could see Tom Herman still being ahead of him, or Jeff. Trailer, I could see Trailer really and Herman being ahead. Herman like has you, a lot of wins. Lashley in Houston, I think they're kind of a toss-up with Ryan, to be honest. Yeah. Houston had a tough job kind of flipping ECU, but like, what are they going to be now without their quarterback, right? Yeah. We'll I just see. struggle to think that they're going to be some powerhouse now. Without their 10th-year quarterback. Yeah, without Tim Tebow Light. Sure. All right, well, here's to uh, hoping that Ryan finds himself as number one on the 2024 AAC coaches ranking list. Because that means that we had a heck of a year and we went to the Fiesta Bowl. Never say never, man. I never will. I never will. All right, Teej. It's time to rank this Andy's Mint. Got a last little bit left here. It sounds like there's a mint in there. What was in there? What was that? I accidentally knocked the top thingy off, mm. which has caused me to cut my lip. And it's definitely been bleeding. How did you knock it off? I opened it like this and it snapped off and I was like... Mm. That's weird, man. I'm not going to lie. It was better than I anticipated, but it's still... Mm, no, I don't think that I will ever drink this again. And I, Memphis made, I'm sorry. I just, I probably will legitimately avoid this the rest of my <laughs> life. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever drank. No. But I don't. I don't have any desire to purchase another one. All right. So let's start with the can. I it think looks, I know going to go with it. I mean, we've already talked about it. They're all very similar. I will give them bonus points because it looks like an Andy's Mint wrapper with the green. Does it? Um, yeah. I mean, just the green. You. I mean, you also, remove? we probably should not have been drinking this in the heat of the middle of May. Probably true. Um, it's so meh. Five point one bonus points because it's can. green. Yeah, it's green like the Andes Mint. Hey, that's better than previous Memphis made cans for you. I gave him a little bit of a bonus point because oh, of you, the Andes Mint. You gave Rockbone a five one. That's from. Uh, Memphis made. I will say this, and I don't know. They spelled Andy's wrong. I don't know if that's like a licensing thing. 
probably the mints or a n d e but yeah they are and i'm sure andy's um, probably a brewmaster at memphis made or something that i will make sense not like punny like that i will also say i am a very well you will talk about the flavor go ahead with your can rating i am going to assume that this is probably a christmas beer and that plays into the green, white, and red coloring of it. It does have a very Christmassy. Maybe we should have saved that one for July and done a little bit of a Christmas in July. What am I thinking? Why July? Christmas in July. What do you mean? You can't just say the same statement and act like I'm supposed to know what that means. You never you heard mean, like of Christmas, Christmas in July? You've never heard no. of Christmas in July? No. What does that mean? Why not Christmas in June? Because that's not what it is. It's Christmas in, in July. I don't know what it stems from. I just know well, that I'm Christmas in July. Okay. Well, the halfway point to Christmas would be in June, would it not? Wikipedia Christmas in July. Christmas in the summer or Christmas in winter is second Christmas celebration held around the summer season, mainly during July. It focuses on the public to get in the mood of Christmas during the summer season, which is five to six months prior reaching December. I don't know. Uh, all right. It has something to do with the French opera. Blah, blah, blah. In the story, a group of children rehearses a Christmas song in July, to which a character responds, when you sing Christmas in July, you rush the season. I can't believe you've never heard Christmas in July. Whatever, no. it doesn't matter. What did you rate the can? I'm going to say a 5.5. 5. I'll give them bonus points for making it Christmas looking. It feels so high. It does, but I give them I bonus points. I got a drink water. For... This is... I've already done that several times. It was not good. Um, I gave it a 5.5. I also gave Rockbone a 5.5. And so you're part hey, of the course. Hold on. No, because see, I gave II Captain a 4.8. You know what? I can't. But II Captain had the whole SpongeBob thing. I know, and I gave it lower. That's the problem. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I'm going to stick yeah. to my gut. I shouldn't be able to look back on previous ratings because yeah, he that's can't let like, all the ratings. Uh, We've yeah, changed. We've grown. Things have happened. Right. Go with your initial rating. I'm sick with five five. In terms of the beer itself, I do think this would be better in a glass, probably than and if it was like freezing can. cold outside, or if the beer was freezing cold. Like if you made this pseudo a slushy, then like it'd be a mm, little. I could get behind that. I will say I am a very very big fan of chocolate mint. Like mint chocolate chip ice cream is my favorite. I love Junior Mints. I love an Andy's Mint. That what you love junior mints, yeah. You don't like a junior mint? I don't know if I've ever even had a junior mint. (laughs) How have you never had a junior mint? Do they come? How do they compare to the little mints you get when you leave uh, the the pride of Italy? What? What is, I don't know what you're talking about. Olive Garden. You know when you leave Olive Garden, they give you those little chocolate mints? How do they compare to that? They're so they're better than that. Bold bold words, man. You've never I'm about to drive to your house and drop off. No, I swear. I don't even know what a junior I'm looking it up. It's a little a circular mint? chocolate with the creamy mint filling. You never seen Seidfeld where Kramer drops it, they're watching an open surgery and he drops a junior mint and it lands inside the patient. 
TJ or to your life. I don't know how you've never had a junior med. That's absurd. Anyway, no. I love chocolate. They chewy. They like melt in your mouth. I mean, you can't. Not in your it's hand. like a. It's like a. Think of this. It's like a chocolate mint gusher. <laughs> Are you trying Boy. to sell me on it? It's delicious. Um, having said that, I will never drink this beer again. Yeah, and that's a nice way of putting it. It's fine. One one it's a novelty beer, man. It's I a novelty probably, beer. I could have six ounces would have nay three ounces would have sufficed. Uh, Twelve was pushing it. I I'm surprised that I finished this. Where so what are you gonna rate it? Three point two. <laughs> what? Three point two? I mean, TJ, I don't. You can go to the pantry and grab some hops and just boil them and and, and throw in some yeast and maybe and like a throw soda in some, water, some junior mints, and it would. Probably unbelievable. It's also probably not helpful that it got a little bit warm as well. Unbelievable. A 3.2. Wow. Yeah. That that far under a five, huh? Uh, I'm sticking with it. I all right. Honestly, I don't think that, unless you were to create this as a slushy, then I may try it again. Other than that, all right. I it was it's a novelty beer. That's the way I kind of look at this. I, I would definitely never have two of them. You just buy it and you try it. I once bought a pickle beer and mm, it smacked so me in delicious. the face on every. No, it was not delicious. It was not. It was a sour. Pickle. It tasted like Speaking pickle juice. Pickle, awful. If you have not been to Pickles in Seaside, Florida, they have a pickle Rita and it is divine. Disgusting. I'm it is, the it was call them. Because we will, me and those officers will enjoy a couple pickle Ritas together. You're lucky this is not a food podcast because, like, honestly, I'd have to report you. You're on some delicious. list somewhere. Why? Because I pickle like pickle margaritas. It's a pickle uh, Rita, not a pickle mints. margarita. Anyway, yeah. going back to the beer, I couldn't have more of them. It wasn't that great. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm going to go a 4.3. I really just wanted to hose you because you said a 3.2, but it's not very good. It wasn't bad. It's just not good at the same time. Well, 3.2 might have been a little bit. It's out there for somebody. Low. Yeah. But Kenny would give it a 10. I don't know. We might have to get him to taste this. Just to get it ready, because I don't, I don't know that he could, he could. Mm. Uh, all right, I didn't. What was your final rank? Five five. Uh, no, a four. I gave it the can a five five and the beer at four point three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was made. It's a great idea, I guess. In theory, it just it didn't do it for me. Nothing personal. I think we'll try. We'll try again next week. Not again, Matt, but we will try a new beer. To their credit, it was probably supposed to be a winter beer, and here we are drinking it. In, yeah, I just looked it up. They May. announced it on December 29th, I think, is when they were like, hey, we yeah. got a new beer for <laughs> the end of the year. But 
to our defense, I went to the liquor store that allows you to create your own six pack, like you told me to. Yeah. And they had this ready to rock and roll as if it was fresh. So I grabbed one because being a chocolate mint fan, I thought, hmm, that's intriguing. I bet that could be kind of good. And now I know that it's why that they were still sitting there in May when they came out in December. We need to, uh, I'm going to email the folks over at uh, Memphis Made and be like, hey, man, we keep striking out on your beers. What do you got? What's good over there? I want them to spoon feed me. Email, so, oh, you know what? Email Andy. I say that we we have had one of theirs, which was actually pretty good. We had that. I don't um, remember. The can always sucks, but I think we liked the beer. Prince Mango. Remember that one? They have a couple that we like. We just haven't done them yet. We'll see. I'll email. Seriously, I'm, I'm going to email them. And we won't do it next week because I don't want to do the same brewery back to back. But see what they tell us. We'll see if we can find something new. All right. We'll tune in next week for. Uh, we're going to give Memphis Made another another shot. So come with the cold beer and stay for the hot takes. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Like and subscribe at Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for a comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports.